0: We've covered the wise men, we've covered the shepherds, and today we get to Joseph and Mary. I'm gonna open in the book of Luke chapter two. This is the introduction to the Christmas narrative. And there in chapter two in verse one, Luke says, "'And it came to pass in those days "'that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus "'that all the world should be registered.'" So verse two, "'Thus census.'" This first census from the government how many know that the government can make laws that intrude on your comfort zone amen can we all during COVID-19 attest to the fact that the government knows how to mess up convenience amen so this is what's happening to Joseph and Mary verse 2 this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria so all <clears throat> went to be registered everyone to his own city, so the decree is that you have to trace your family uh, lineage your your history of family, and whoever your forebears were that 's the city that you have to report to so verse four Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So, Bethlehem is the city of David. Joseph, being a a descendant of David, has to go to that city. He lives in Nazareth. He has to report to Bethany. It's 90 miles away from his home. So, he and Mary are on a journey of 90 miles. As verse 5 says, Joseph did this. He went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So, I want you to picture with me that here we have a pregnant couple that has to travel 90 miles because of a government decree. This 90 miles will not be in a car. I can do 90 miles in an hour and a half, including a stop for coffee. (laughs) Joseph and Mary are going to travel 90 miles on a donkey. This is a very pregnant lady we don't have to take a census i know the answer ladies at eight and a half eight and three quarters nine months pregnant would you want to sit on a donkey for 10 days for 10 days are you listening church normal travel during this time would be 20 miles a day on a donkey or a mule mary greatly pregnant, can't do 20 miles a day. She can do nine or 10. A 90-mile journey is a nine, maybe a 10-day journey, pregnant on a donkey. God had not yet invented Starbucks (laughs) or Wawa. This is 90 miles with no support system whatsoever. We have a tendency to celebrate Christmas in ways that have been defined by hallmark cards and wonderful lyrics to songs that we sing. So, we will sing this year, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, hogwash. That's not what Joseph and Mary were experiencing. It was not calm. It was not wonderful, it was not bright. Are you getting the message so far? Okay, so it's like 90 miles. They come in from a 90-mile trip, cannot find lodgings, and now are going to go into a barn, and it's not holy, and it's not silent. The animals are not taking a Sabbath. Somebody help me here, amen? So, you don't let Hollywood, don't, don't let Hallmark, don't let industries that sell products define for you the pictures in your head. Get a biblical picture. This is something that you've got to recognize. Over here is a, a Mary, and she is dressed rather nicely. We have a tendency to let the image in our mind of Mary come from statues, Hallmark cards, whatever. You never, ever saw a messed up Mary. Come on, help me here, because she will always be a rather Caucasian-looking, you know. This is a first-century Jewish girl of poor heritage in terms of age at the absolute most this girl is 16 very possibly she was 14 back then we didn't have teenagers we had children and we had adults somebody help me here teenagers is a modern invention and look what it's brought us a bunch of misfits Thank you, Jesus. So, when you think of Mary, get the hallmark image off a card out of your mind. This is a girl who is accustomed to a 10-hour day just for chores, that is, needing to go get the water for bathing, the water for cooking, the water for drinking, needing to crush the grain and get the meal prepared so that there could be bread that day. That is to say, Mary is used to a good 10-hour-a-day just handling life's chores. She was, she was not always dressed in ornate robes. Come on, help me here. We've seen statues all of our lives of a Holy Mary on a silent night, and she's dressed beautifully, and it's always that way, amen. That's not real life. Likewise for Joseph, Joseph was a hardworking man. He was a carpenter. Joseph's workday began at sunrise and finished at sunset. He would work through all the long hours of the day arduously both of these people were very familiar with hardships very familiar with uh, dealing and coping with life itself so when the edict goes forth you've got to pick up and go 90 miles to the uh, city of bethlehem they both understood that it was going to be very difficult. It was going to be arduous. It was, in fact, in their imagination, anything but holy night, silent night, all is calm, all is bright, amen, because the, the, the Gospels simply don't give us a big picture. When Luke or Matthew or any of the writers wrote, they took certain things for granted, which is to say they were writing for their day. And it was understood that if it's 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, that is a tough trip for a pregnant lady, a really tough trip, amen? And so, nine to 10 miles a day is pretty much what a pregnant lady would be able to do on the back of a donkey or a mule. So. 90 miles gives us a nine-day trip, a 10-day trip. This is through very dangerous territory. The hazards were actually really strong. They had to go through the Jericho Valley, and the forests of the Jericho Valley had lions, bears, and wild boars, any one of which could kill you. This meant we need to build a fire every night to keep hungry predators at bay, to stave off them coming into our camp and eating us kind of a thing. There were also the bandits and the robbers that traveled the same roads. So this is no simple trip. They have to bring all their own provisions with them. As I said before, there wasn't a single wawa on the trip. It was like if they were gonna have a drink, they had to carry it with them, enough water in wineskins for a nine, 10-day trip. They had to bring the provision for their meals with them. There was no local stop and shop. There was no place to pick up supplies on the journey. So they would have to pack the bread, the herbs, the oil, Maybe, um, maybe some dried fish, uh, et cetera, plus all their water. This is anything. This trip is anything but silent night, <clears throat> holy night. All is calm. All is bright. This is rather chaotic. This is, this is not a fun experience. Are you with me? All right, so on that basis, I have asked Kim Van Nortwick to join us this morning and sing a song. The song I've asked her to do is, Mary, Did You Know? And as she sings it, you'll recognize that we're asking, Mary, on that special night, did you know that your son would save the world? Did you know that he would have to save you? Did you know that he was going to be a miracle worker? Did you know that he was God's Messiah? And, and so on and on and on. Just listen to the song. The answer to all these questions is no. Mary did not know. We'll talk more about that. Would you please welcome Kim Van Nortwick? <laughs>
1: Did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy? One day a hog man Larry, did you know That your baby boy Would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know That your baby boy Has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby You've kissed the face of God heaven's perfect land this sleeping child you're holding is the great I am he's the great
0: hallelujah Mary did not know Mary had a simple hope and faith in God Mary could not see around the corner and know what was coming you cannot see around the corner and know what is coming Mary was on a journey and behind that God was at work orchestrating his great plan to redeem humanity. And while you cannot see around the corner, you can trust that God is at work orchestrating his great plan for your future and your hope. (laughs) Amen. Romans 8, 28, a verse you should memorize and walk out regularly and that is and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose amen. hallelujah amen so I, this is something that should bore down deep inside you Occasionally, you know, if you were to spend time with me, occasionally something weird will happen, like whatever. You know, it's like you walk into a, dar, a door or something, or something falls out of a closet and whacks you in the head, and you're bleeding or something. Typically, <clears throat> Typically, when something like that happens, if you were with me, you would hear me say, Thank you, Jesus, which surely sounds like a really stupid thing to say, when you've just been whacked in the head, what I'm thanking him for is that I don't get it, and I didn't enjoy that, but I know you're with me, and I know you can make all things work together for good and bring forth your eternal purpose in my life and in life around me. So thank you, Jesus, in everything. Amen? Amen. And so... Understand, Mary is on a journey on this very first Christmas and she can't see the future. She doesn't know this is the great plan of God to redeem humanity. Remember, when Jesus is 12, Joseph and Mary can't find him when they're returning uh, from, from being in Jerusalem for the feast, so they think, He must be with some of the family. When they figure out he isn't, they go back to Jerusalem. Takes them three days to locate their son. So, they're rather upset, and they let him know how upset they are when they find him in the temple with the elders, you know, talking about the law, the, the Word of God. And what is Jesus' response to their inquiry? Like, Jesus, how could you do this to us? What's, you know, what goes? His answer was what? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? No, they didn't know. Somebody help me here, and neither do we. We can't know the end from the beginning. We can only know that God will be with us from the beginning to the end, and the journey is not your future it is not the end of your story it's not the the end of anyone's story mary's going to have to take some other journeys that she won't like in just uh, a few days or weeks herod will know that messiah has been born and he will pass an edict that means death sentence for all uh, Jewish boys under the age of two or from two down. And so, another journey for Joseph and Mary will be going to Egypt as they flee uh, the craziness of uh, King Herod. This is a journey they don't want to take. 33 years later mary will be on still another journey no one would want to take she will walk with her son down to the cross she will go through the 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 uh, via de rosa the the journey to the cross and and his perfection so you and i will also take unwanted journeys in life some you've probably already taken there may be more in your future Think about those around us, people who have been laid off from work, people who have been financially injured during this COVID-19 season, those who are battling cancer or some incurable illness, the families where a family member has, has uh, is uh, struggling with drug addiction. Uh, Families where a spouse has betrayed another and there is utter uh, mayhem, you know, in family life. Parents who have lost a child. There are journeys in life that are full of sorrow, full of pain, full of anguish, but the good news behind every single journey is that God can redeem them and in the end, bring good from them. We have a God who can make all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And we see that story over and over again in Scripture. For example, Joseph is uh, uh, not pleasant to his brothers, so they sell, sell him into slavery. Ultimately, he goes to Potiphar's house in Egypt where he is accused of sin and then falsely imprisoned. He's accused, thrown into prison, essentially to rot, but that was not the end of Joseph's story. Somebody help me. Amen? Amen. Amen. David fled from Saul Saul would try to pin him to the wall throwing javelins at him David had to flee from the insane king and he went to stay with the Philistines where he wrote a significant number of his Psalms and in his Psalms you hear him asking God Lord why do you allow my enemies to prosper? When are you ever going to save me? These are questions that come out of the inner pain of life's journey that he's on. But listen to me, none of that was the end of David's story. Come on, say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are told, you will bow down and worship the image of this Babylonian king. Or we have a journey for you. It is off to the fiery furnace. And basically, those boys thought it through, and they said, "If if, if they're going to burn us, they're going to burn us. But we will not bow." And you understand? Yes, they did get thrown in the furnace. But the boys knew God is with us on our journey. This is not the end of our story. <clears throat> And the moral of the story is if you will not bow, you will not burn. Amen. So, we have Joseph, we have David, we have the three Hebrew children. That's not the end of their stories. All of the Jewish people sent into captivity for 70 years in Babylon. That was not the end of their story. And this one that we celebrate at Christmas, this one born in a stable, his journey took him to be pinned to a tree, to be impaled on a cross, but that was not the end of his story. And wherever you are in your journey, that's not the end of your story. I wish I could see around corners and know what's coming tomorrow, but I can't. All I can do is trust God and hold fast in hope and faith that God knows how to make this whole deal come together for his good and my good. Amen. All of us are going to take unwanted journeys and God will work with you through every bit of it. God will redeem your situation. God will take your pain and turn it into triumph. Wherever you are, it's not the end of your story. The end of your story is the future and the hope that God has brought you to, amen. When Mary went into the stable that night, her contractions coming closer and closer and closer. It, it was not silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. She knew though that God was with her and, in, 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 and it wasn't because of things happening. Get this, Mary didn't hear the angels singing. Mary didn't see the shepherds having been sent by the angels to go visit the infant uh, uh, Messiah. She didn't know the magi were on their way. All she knew was, I have a God, and he is with me in my life's journey. I will trust in him. Amen? Amen. She had no idea that God was was redeeming mankind that very night. And the prophet Zechariah has a good word for us today. He spoke to his generation. The people of God were were, uh, uh, exhausted. They were discouraged. They were ready to give up hope. So, Zechariah came with a great reminder that God will send deliverance let's read it Zechariah 9 verses 11 and 12 as for you also because of the blood of your covenant I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit return to the stronghold you prisoners of hope even today I declare that I will restore double to you three things And that would be this. God says, I will bring a divine deliverance. And so that is because of the blood of Jesus, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. The second thing he says is return to your stronghold, you prisoners of hope. That is to say, heaven is inviting you to find your strength in Christ, your deliverer. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's not gonna be by might. It's not gonna be by power. It will be by the spirit of the living God. So a divine deliverance, an invitation to find strength in that deliverer, and thirdly, a promise of better things there's a future and there's a hope it's in God and this morning we all will make a decision because that's what hope is it's a choice to take what God is bringing and what God can do with life's experiences God is going to take your adversity your disappointment your heartache your pain your entire journey and use it to accomplish His divine purposes so I'm inviting you and I have obviously invited myself regardless of where we are in our journey to trust God to have faith in God to take hope from God because whatever the journey is this is not the end of your journey And your journey will end well because God is journeying with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, just a quick prayer. Join me in prayer, please. Father, we invite you to take our disappointments to accomplish your divine plan and purpose. We believe that you send deliverance and thank you for it. We take strength in our deliverer the lord jesus christ that we would be strong in the lord and in the power of his might and we recognize that today the journey is not the end of our story there are better things to come and we receive them by faith in jesus name amen